one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman and today I'm going to be sitting back and listening, much like you will be, to uh, a chat between two former England teammates, Steve Harmison and Marcus Triscothic, both part of the England team that last toured Pakistan back in 2005. Uh, Marcus is part of the England coaching setup these days and he, like we, will be hoping that England's fortunes fare a little better than they did back in in 2005, when Tresco and Harmy were teammates. It's a, it's a great listen uh, as the two uh, recount some of the tales from that tour, as well as Marcus giving us a little bit of a snapshot and an insight to the tour that is just about to, to take place. So uh, I hope you enjoy the show. It's Steve Harmison, it's Marcus Triscothic, and this is Following On. Jez, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm following on. We're just going to run, go back to 17 years um, when we were all a bit a bit slighter and a, a bit more red air fresher faced. Um, what do you remember? What's your initial thoughts when I turn when I say to you 2005 winter, Pakistan? Um, what's your initial thoughts of that trip? Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Really, I think it's been that long um, since it all since we last came here. Um, but I remember coming here first and foremost with um, what almost felt to me is like an aura around what we were doing. I know, uh, you know, we just had an amazing summer back at home. Um, and then we're coming out here thinking, right, we're just, we're almost king of the world almost at the moment, mm-hmm. just to be able to crack on and, you know, get things done. But um, uh, we, we, I remember we should have won the first test match. That's, you know, we were chasing a smallish total in the second innings and, and show back to our ran through us. And then after that, we we sort of fell away and and really found it tough for the rest of the series. But um, you know, very enjoyable trip. They always are um, for different reasons than what you'd normally have to potentially go into Australia or New Zealand. But it's a good place to come and play cricket. What's it, what, what did you think when? Because Pakistan always got a bad rep. Rap. A lot of people going to subcontinent was 
India's all right, but Pakistan's not. It's it's not. It wasn't always like that, was it? You went in. You were on the two thousand and two thousand trip, where I think there's a lot of people saying oh, yeah. England only won two Test matches since nineteen sixty one over there, but Pakistan have only won two as well. You won in in the gloom in, in Karachi. How did it, how did it change from two thousand and two? Yeah. 2005 and actually 17 years on what's it like your initial thoughts of just being there now yeah I, I don't think it changed a massive amount in a short period of time from 2000 to 2005 um and it is very different um to to other tours you know if you look at other subcontinental tours in terms of pakistan india bangladesh those sort of teams that you go to visit um it, it, it's actually a very quiet place and very calming um, in everywhere you go, in comparison to say uh, the, the the hustle and bustle of India and you know the the volume of people that are around, Pakistan's a little bit quieter. You know, you you kind of left alone and it, you kind of move out the way, and you can just go about your business and, and get amongst and, and do everything you need to do in Pakistan. It's it's very much calmer. I move forward to modern day and where we are right now. Obviously, there's so much security around us. Um, you know, everything is kept completely isolated. We're, we're very much isolated away. It's a little bit like bubble times at the moment when we're back in the hotel. Um, we're, we're very much segregated to everybody else um, in the hotel. The two teams are very much using side entrance and ushered up to, to different places in the hotel. And then when we're obviously to and from the ground, you know, the security is massive. I think we always expect a little bit of security if you come to this part of the world. But um, once you see the extent of it at the moment, it is incredible. You know, you're talking the convoys, the volume of police, the armed guards, the, you know, the bombproof buses, you know, it just, it's amazing to see. But I guess that's probably what needs to be done just to get everyone's confidence back in terms of touring this part of the world. Yeah, I'll come on to the security side in a minute. I have a funny one from, from I remember what I remember in 2005. But um, if, I, if I remember right, you know, obviously what Stokes has done with donating uh, to the flood victims in this this series, um, England going back to Pakistan at a time where the people of Pakistan you know, are wanting and embracing the England cricket team. And it was like that in 2005. I remember I went on, I think, a different trip to you from the, the sort of earthquake that happened. But you went into the heart of it, didn't you? I think it was you, Vaughan and, and Jarlow, mm-hmm. just to Go through what what you what you seen then because I went into a hospital. I think you went on one of the helicopters. Yeah, I, I did both actually. I found if I came to the hospital as well. But we, me and uh, me and Michael Vaughan, it was we flew with the RAF. Um, they were flying aid missions while they were out here, um, which we met the guys when we were at the uh, High Commission, which we went back to a couple of nights ago. Um, and then yeah, they invited myself and the skipper up to you know to drop some aid and relief up into the into the mountain. So we went up in the in the helicopters uh, with the RAF, dropping um, flying over everything that was going on, and then down onto ground level. Um, you know, dropping you know the aid off to these people who were who were desperate because obviously the earthquake had flattened every house and uh, demolished everything that they had uh, in place. Um, and they were v- very remote places up in, as you can imagine, up into the mountains. And, and it was, that was incredible, you know, A, to be flying in the helicopters in that sort of part of the world, but also then, you know, to think that you're dropping uh, relief to people who had lost everything. Um, a humbling experience, but amazing experience at the same time. And then again, that, and there was another day we came down to the hospital and obviously all the wards were full up. They were pretty much running to um, full capacity 
Uh, and I found that really, that was the hardest point to me because I remember going around and seeing one of the wards where all the children were on. I remember walking through and I walked past the window and there was another room and there was a tiny baby in there, had both legs, legs were broken. Um, that. And that tipped me over the edge at that point. Um, and, and that was, you know, I just had my first child back at home. So, so to see someone very similar in that in stirrups in a in a very in a hotel room that that flipped me out and I I'd gone I remember I had to walk out and just leave um and just sort of gather my thoughts and just re- take a bit of time but you know to think that you know we what we were doing and you know going to that part of the world and seeing those sort of things was amazing really and um hard hard but but nice to see yeah I remember that I remember saying it was Jim Suter who was with Vodafone at the time who got us to do it and I just said to him, take me anywhere you want in the world on any anything like that, but don't take me in a hospital where children are because I've got very I've got small children myself yeah. and I I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't hack it, I couldn't handle it. Um and you're right, it was it was hard, but it was definitely it was definitely needed from 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 what we were what we there and what we're there for do. But there, we're there for the cricket and you got hundred in I think it was a Jim Carney club and against Pakistan here. Vaughan gets injured and you get a knock on a sh- knock, tap on a shoulder, Marcus. You're in charge. You're going into the first test match. Yeah. Um, can you remember going to Multan? Multan. I remember talking about the security. I think it, I think it was Multan. We were on that trip to McDonald's where we were talking about the security. There was about five of us went for McDonald's and they literally closed the whole restaurant. No. They kicked everybody out the restaurant for us. Can you remember that one? You got, why, why would you expect me to be on that trip? <laughs> well, you, we, we, we like to we like to fill our bodies with good good protein stuff. But I remember driving through the streets in this security convoy and we passed the McDonald's and we're like, right, we'll go there. When we got there, they literally yeah. kicked everybody out of McDonald's and there's it was like feeding time at the zoo. There's five England cricketers being watched by the yeah. whole village eat their McDonald's. I, I was expecting you to be on that trip. I remember Garrett being on it, but yeah. we got we got on a scope to McDonald's sort of to Multan and it was a it was a crazy place Multan it was obviously just being built yeah. um, and you're now England captain walking out you know to, to lead your country what was that feeling like? Very strange because I remember you know it was my first real experience of doing all the media the, the, the day before I had to have the picture with Inzi um, who was captain of the Pakistan team um, so you're doing all the, the build up media for, for that sort of thing and I'll then you're having to try and prep yourself and get ready in, in for the games. And obviously not knowing how Michael was going to recover from, you know, his dodgy knees that he had, that, you know, you're just then trying to, you know, get ready and, and get everything sorted and do the best you can to get the team in, in the right place. Um, but yeah, at, a, at the same time, it's a nice experience, isn't it? Obviously, anytime you get the opportunity to captain your country, it's uh, it's a great feeling. Um, but it was very different. You know, obviously it was a pretty good one for myself. I've started off pretty well in the, in the series and, Unfortunately, we couldn't get over the line um, in a test match. We probably should have won, I would think. Yeah, I remember that. I remember we, we you, I think we, we bowled first and we bowled them out for not very many, 270, I think it was. I think Hoggy and I think me and Hoggy got, got a few early on. Then Fred came and got it reverse swinging. Um, but then the reverse swing beat us because as much as he was a pain in the backside sometimes on the field, he was a fine bowler, we show him back to when he had a point to prove. And, I remember him coming into that series with a with a point to prove, and he bowled quickly, and he bowled really quickly at the end of the mm. ma- that that Test match. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he just blew us away, didn't he? And I think, especially as the tail come in and the you know the ball starts reversing, that's when he's at, he was at his most dangerous. 
Um, I just remember, I think it was Gilo got his stumps absolutely poleaxed um, mm. by a big in-swinging Yorker. And it just, um, you know, that set the scene really for everybody else. And we went on to Faisalabad. So, McAllister, that happened in Faisalabad to, to your good self, standing in the middle. There was... Uh, there was Amazing, uh, isn't it? How it all goes on. <laughs> It was a well. What yeah. we thought was a bomb scare. Never seen so many people run out of the ground as quickly as they did when that gas canister exploded. And then yeah, the wicket was a bit different when you came back to it, wasn't it? <laughs> Let's go one at a time. So the bomb scare, I was I was facing, and I remember Shoaib running into bowl, and suddenly this most almighty explosion, and immediately your your, your mind just runs to what you think it could be. Um, and there's smoke and there's like everything going off over towards extra cover as I was batting face. So we were then told to usher ourselves towards the square leg umpire, sort of start building our way out before anybody sort of made the, the, the picture of what was actually happening. Um, uh, yeah, you couldn't quite sort of, you know, get your head around what was going on. And then they, obviously the news came through, it was just a gas canister. Um, and then they'd get back underway within a, a period of time. Um, you then get back into the middle of the pitch and there's a big scuff mark right on a length. And we were like, right, what's going on here? Um, okay. Cause, cause the, the pitch was so pristine and like quite glass, like almost like the old Caribbean pitches. So rolled mud. So it's like, there wasn't much debris on it or much problems on it apart from this massive scuff mark right on a length. So we had to you know, get on in it and inform the umpires and, and where they go. But later, uh, I think we all saw on cameras everything else that had happened. Um, someone decided to have a dance on the middle of the lane. And he's, how I said, the, 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 I remember in that in that sort of build-up to that, I'm not sure if it was the second or the third test, we, Stroud, Stroud, he went home for, I think, Sam, the birth of Sam. Um, and Vaughan right. came back, if you remember. And, but Jilo was missing. And that was the, there was always a story about what happened to the 2005 team? What happened to that that great side that won the Ashes? And I always, I don't know what your sort of view of it was, but I always looked at it and thought, the 2005 group was 12 unbelievably good cricketers, but unbelievably good men, solid men. Um, and they started disbanding in that that period with Simon going and Michael injuries mm-hmm. and then Jilo missing. But Jilo missing for us was huge, I thought. From a bowler's point of view, he was, he was somebody that held us four, four fast bowlers together. Simon, Simon's loss was massive. But we didn't have that spinner to come in. You know, Sean Dow, 40-year-old, we had to pick from that side of it, who had a, mm. a great season from... But we also tried to pick mystery. We were intrigued by mystery. And Alex Loudon, he did a, a, a piece in the papers during the week. Right. And yeah. it, it was, we've got this mystery spinner, but we didn't want to pick him. Is it the same with, is it, you know, and there's similarities to what you've got in Pakistan at the minute? You've took a, an 18-year-old bowler who's got so much talent. Um, yeah. Is it your mentality that what you've got now under Stokes and McCullum's more chance of him picking him than potentially what we had a few years ago with not knowing whether to pick Loudon or not? Well, maybe. I, I think um, the times have changed in terms of the way that spinners are looked upon now because of the involvement in DRS. Most spinners now run up and try and hit you on the pad. And, and they're, they're, if one spins, they might nick you off. But they're always keeping the stumps in play. Where 
back in our time, mystery spin was so important because, you know, it wasn't, you, you couldn't necessarily get LBWs quite the same way. Um, so you needed that element of mystery for, to try and get people out. Um, you know, Rayhan's been superb, obviously. I think we've seen him as a talent through the last few years. He had a brilliant under-19s World Cup uh, and did really well. Um, and there is a very talented cricketer there. I think, you know, the reason, obviously, bringing him onto the trip is off the back of, you know, you've got Liam Livingston, who can bowl with you leg spin and off spin. You've got Will Jacks and you've got Jack Leap, of course. But Rayhan does give you that element of something different. But I think it's... Let's see how he goes. You know, I you know, is he going to play? Who knows over the course of the three test matches? But he has a lot of skill that I think will we will nurture here amongst this group, and to let him see what it's all about, see what Test cricket's like, understand what this team does and how they approach their cricket, uh, and hopefully that we can bring him through as we go along on our journey. We'll bring him through quickly to play white ball cricket, red ball cricket, and whatever he can do for England. And it's it is fun for me. It's fantastic to see. It just shows the difference that like, how much the game has moved on because we didn't we didn't know how to you know have a spin, especially in subcontinent. I remember the I think the third yeah. Test match we went in with we went in with just Sean Udall. I think we went in with give Liam Plunkett his debut if you remember right, and we ended up playing three seamers because we didn't we we didn't go in with that we didn't have that extra the extra spin option. Um, you talk about that last test match if you remember it right we spent a lot of time in the field in that the whole test match um Inzaman got 100 and yeah. he got 100 I think Mohammed you said yeah. got 100 um and a lot yes, of people were saying yeah that was a lot of people were saying that was the beginning of the end for that 2005 team that test match yeah well I think probably the trip was the, the start of it really after such a great summer we started to to fall apart, don't you? And you, you mentioned it earlier on that you started to bring new players in and players into that squad, which is something really is we hadn't really done. There'd been a squad of probably about 14 or 15 players that had played all those test matches for the previous time. And when you're starting to bring in as and you know, and guys are maybe injured or uh, being left out because they've lost form or whatever it may be, and, and you can't see a way back for them, it's just a difference. It takes time. You've got to rebuild that team at that point. Um, it just didn't, we just didn't stay together long enough after the heroics of 2005 to continue on that journey. You know, it started to go and things were going to fall apart pretty quickly from there. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, 
then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. And now, you know, what it's, what's it like touring Pakistan? Now you've had a, a sample size of it. Um, you mentioned the security. England are, England are going to go in buoyant after the, what happened in the summer. You mentioned three or four different spin options there. You know, Joe Joe did the media over the course of the, the last sort of 24 hours, and he's key to, to England's success of holding the, the group together. Um, it must be... Um, it must be unbelievable to be around that test team at the minute after the summer we've had. Yeah, I think it's just created their own sort of aura about, you know, how they want to play their cricket. Um, Over the course of the summer back in the UK, you know, gradually game on game, it was building and growing. um, And, you know, the guys just starting to express themselves even more every game that they played to the point where you come away after after a great summer, you know, you've again got to rebuild it and then get back on the, the same sort of process of that. But, you know, that we're trying to go about it in a way that remains positive and always looking for aggressive options, uh, whether that's batting, bowling, or whether you're fielding, you know, whatever we're trying to do. Um, so it, it's building, it's creating, and, and it's a, a nice place to be because guys are responding to it. You know, they're, they're openly trying in, in practice to try and um, look at different ways of, of batting differently or being more aggressive. Um, and the bowlers are doing this very similar as well. So, um, you know, hopefully we can carry on in the same vein. It's, you know, there's challenges. It's different challenges to what you get in England. But, you know, they've adapted well. We had a a week sort of prep in Abu Dhabi and then obviously now here into uh, where we are in Islamabad. Um, And they're they're ready to go. But obviously the the problems with the illness and hopefully get that out of the way. And And finally, what are the challenges from a batting perspective? Because... From a bowling perspective, it's you, you take as much you know as much energy you possibly can on in between years player to to sort of realise that the ball's not going to bounce above shin high and you've got to somehow get it in a scuffed up reversing position to give yourself the best chance yeah. from a bowling point of view. Um I remember that Lahore game very, very well where I bowled forty three overs in that two and a bit days that come with it and it's a graveyard for bowlers, but from a batting point of view, what are the challenges that are going to come over the course of these three test matches? Well, I think you know, if you look at what the, what we expect of most of the pitches to be like, and this is just a generic view, I think they, they'll be pretty good for a couple of days. You know, So during that sort of first innings period for both teams, I, I'd, I'd expect to see a decent amount of runs scored. Um, you know the the pitches are generally a lot slower and a lot lower than than what potentially you get in England or even Australia. Um, and then as the game goes on, I think you will see the ball spin a little bit more. Um, but also, it's the 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 more the most challenging part is some will go straight on, some will spin. 
depending on whether it catches the grass or whether it catches a bit of rough uh, rough turf. Um, and then your reverse swing is a key part of what goes on. You know, you see that seamers quite often, more often than, than spinners, have a major impact in these games. Um, so the re- reverse swing is a is a major part of what goes on. So play, batters, have, we've been talking about adapted to these conditions, understanding that you might have to play the ball that's slightly lower. So you get your, get your body into different, slightly different positions um, and then practicing for reverse swing, keeping the front leg out of the way and not trying to get hit on the pad too much. Marcus, thank you very much for joining us on Following On. Fingers crossed we don't see Marcus Juskothic at number one, Rob Key at number two and Paul Collingwood at number five over the course of the next day and a bit for the first test match. But on behalf of TalkSport, we wish the boys all the very best and you know, fingers crossed for a positive result. Cheers, guys. See you later. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.